When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, we're joined by two very special guests, two guys who have made quite a name for themselves with the Irish NFL show and also a show on the MHR Radio Podcast Network with Dublin to Denver with Michael McQuaid and Colin Cronin, who we always love to have on the show, and we've been on their show a few times, so we are looking forward to the great crack that we're about to have with these two gents. Thank you very much for having us on, boys. It's uh, an honor to speak to both of you, and it's hard to believe it's... uh... Well, it's only, what, six months now to the next Broncos game? It's It's been three months, and uh, yeah, can't wait. It's <laughs> just like it's that peak off-season mode. Did you hear the excitement in, in Michael's voice there? Is it six I, months away? I am, I am excited. Six so months excited. away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you missed, Michael said at the end of uh, of our show when we, we finished it, Michael said, well, at the end of the regular season, I should say, uh, and the Broncos season ended, Michael said, you could have a baby between now and when the Broncos next play. Uh, we wondered, was Michael making an announcement on the, the show? He wasn't, but he was just observing that the fact that the gap between the end of the regular season and, and the start of the 2022 season. Do, um, do you remember, I hate to cut you off there, Colin, but do you remember after the Broncos won the Super Bowl, there was a commercial with Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, the late, great Demarius Thomas. And it was uh, after the Super Bowl 2015, so January of 2016, and they were, um, was it a commercial or was it something that the Broncos put out? They were doing a video with babies who were born as celebration babies after the Broncos won the Super Bowl. And the reason I bring that up is I'm fairly certain there won't be a lot of celebration babies in the future for for the Broncos, like in the next six months, as you said. But do you do you remember that promotional thing that got put out? I'm sure Ian does. I can tell I can tell you that in 1990 Ireland qualified for the soccer World Cup for the first time, and we lost in the quarterfinals. And um, we had a party because we lost in the quarterfinals because in any excuse by over a million people. And the population in Ireland at that time was about 4.5 million. Over a million people turned up in Dublin. Imagine a 25% of the population showing up for a party to welcome home a team that lost in the quarterfinals. The baby boom. Okay. Nine months after that was ridiculous. It was one of was, the largest. Uh, I was born boom. nine months after that. There you go. My, there Michael you go. is is part of that. Uh, you know, it goes down in in history. There's an American comedian who moved to Ireland and he talks about it. He says he moved um, in uh, just at the end of July 1990, um, three weeks after we beat Romania on penalties 
four weeks before we finished celebrating. That's how big it was like, you know, it was like the, the Broncos the celebration after we've all seen the photographs and the comparisons. Uh, hey, the, the Rams parade in comparison to the Broncos parade, um, you know, but that's that's what it was like in Ireland in 1990. Well, as you guys mentioned, you could have a baby between the end of the season and the start. Well, you could have a, a basically an adolescent kid between the time the last time the Broncos were good and now, and it could t- be even longer than that since, as Adam and I have joked, we've been on Panda Watch, but it seems like that's about to end because Aaron Rodgers is more than likely going to end up staying with the Green Bay Packers with Ian Rappaport retweeting the, reporting that the Packers and his agent have been working on a potential contract if he decides to go back. If Aaron Rodgers does go back, which it seems like it is, Michael, what do the Broncos do at quarterback? Uh, good question. Lots of good question. I, I just want to first off thank my wife because the last two Tuesdays I've been sitting eating dinner watching Pat McAfee with the laptop at the table at 6 p.m. <laughs> waiting for Aaron Rodgers on a Tuesday. Um, I think it's intriguing because I don't really agree with the status quo of keeping things the way they are. You know, why would you... Granted, this is Peyton's second year. Why would you bring in a new GM, a new head coach, a whole new a whole new staff who are young? Okay, there's an English guy in there as well. Colin, we were talking yesterday that the new DC is English, but well, born in England. But look, why, why would you keep it the same? I mean, clearly the team needs an upgrade at the quarterback position. And I understand, I've seen a lot of people over the last few days talk about Drew Locke and saying that he, he, he should maybe start week one. The pessimist in me thinks he will personally i don't want him to i think you know we need to move on here at this point i don't want us to draft anybody i don't want us to draft kenny pickett i don't want us to draft like a quarterback at all in fact the drafts that interesting this year or that sorry that like that less interesting in terms of last year quarterbacks etc that you know the broncos well no one are like the broncos at that time in the morning will trade down but i just it's going to be intriguing to see what they pick at that number but in terms of what you're asking me about the quarterback I think we have to go after somebody, whether that's Russell Wilson or, or Jimmy Garoppolo or anybody. And I know Colin doesn't want Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, look, Colin, Jimmy G was six and a half minutes away from winning the Super Bowl with the 49ers. He's won two rings, albeit on the bench. Is it two rings? Or I don't even know anymore. Does it matter? Uh, with, with the Patriots. It doesn't matter, but he, he's, he's got the rings. Um, I think we're at the point now where, first off, Peyton's had his year out. There will be an owner uh, probably by the end of Lent, which starts this week. And let's see what happens i i personally want us to go to 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 go for broke um and it's just it was beyond frustrating three years ago and i just hope that we can you know look if we do draft somebody i wanted to start week one i wanted to go in there in the deep end and and we learn but i'm i'm tired of the old like oh let's get this person let's get this person like teddy should i I don't know what's gonna happen with teddy like i mean (laughs) all right so so, Colm, you got you got mentioned in all of that. You don't want Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, or as Ian has uh, taken to calling him, sexy garbage. Um, Thanks to Drew Barrymore introducing the great band Garbage on SNL a couple of, I don't know, a like couple a decade oh ago. A decade and a half ago, more probably. So... The very, sexy the very sexy garbage. You know, and, and good for Jimmy that he's got a nickname. I think we all want a nickname and sexy garbage. It could be worse, right? You could you could have a worse nickname. But if it's not sexy garbage there, Colin, that that is on the horizon for the Denver Broncos, 
what what do you want? What do, what do you think the Broncos should go out and do? Um, I I don't I don't believe that. Uh, you know, I, there was a fifteen minute window in the draft last year where it seemed like the Aaron Rodgers thing might happen. Once that didn't happen, I thought that the doors shut because they were just never they were never going to do it. That was the biggest haul they were ever going to get for him. I thought it was going to close. You don't trade a two time MVP. You just don't. This is not. The NBA, the players don't hold the power. I, I don't believe Russell Wilson will be traded. Carroll is nearly 70 years of age. You're telling me that they're going to start over? Not a chance. Not a hope they're, they're going to, to do that. And um, Deshaun Watson, no, you can't. He, Deshaun Watson has ruined himself, um, what, whatever the outcome is. Okay, they're you know whatever the outcome is so i don't i don't think there is a good option i think the broncos uh you know we we have a this saying in ireland where you ask for directions and somebody says well i wouldn't start from here um and that's what i feel the broncos have put themselves in they put themselves in this situation where you're looking at a, at a bad qb class a, a bad free agency side of things but i don't you, you can't go with who's on on the roster either so um if if you're asking me, you know what what would I what what would I like? Um, I I think the one one of two things. I think either um, have a bit of fun and see can you get Jameis on a one year deal. Just get Jameis on a one year deal. We know we know Jameis can throw touchdowns. Plus there was that wonderful moment last year where Sean Payton is at his doing his press conference. How's Jameis? He's on crutches and Jameis is in the dress room and he's dancing away on the crutches. He is absolute gold. He is going to be entertaining, and that's what we need. Um, or or I, I would take a, a shot on drafting somebody, but with the proviso that they start week one. I'm, I'm glad I have brought Michael to the dark side on that one. You have to start a guy you draft. The game has moved on. No longer do you sit guys. The transition from college to the pro league has totally changed. I think you start a guy if you draft him. And you, you run with it. And if we're drafting in the top five next year as a result, then you know he's probably not the guy. But you know you've played him, he's done a full season, and you know where you stand. And if you've to swing again next year, just swing. The the having a QB on a rookie deal is the biggest advantage that you can possibly have in in this league. So there, you know, that is I think something that you would be worthwhile potentially doing. Do I think that is what will happen? Unfortunately, I don't. But that that's what I would like to do, given the situation we find ourselves in. I am so glad you mentioned Jameis Winston because that was the name I was going to throw out because it is just going to be great crack to steal your guys' your line if he is the quarterback because there's no doubt he can throw 30 touchdowns, but he's also going to throw 30 picks. So at least it's going to be fun at least it's going to be exciting. He's not going to be doing any of this check down stuff. He's just going to chuck it, and he doesn't care if it's going to be a touchdown or a pick. It's just going to be, well, here we go. So counterpoint, I'm... and uh, I'm going to steal. I could, I wouldn't start from here. I'm going to start saying that for a lot of things because uh, <laughs> that's just a fantastic saying. But a uh, counterpoint to your Jameis Winston, and and I'm glad we're virtual as we record this, so things don't get hurled at me specifically. If you're just going to sign Jameis Winston to th- to go 30 for 30 and create another ESPN special, why not see if Drew Locke can do that? Maybe Drew Locke can go 30 for 30 and, and be Buzz Lightyear, Mr. And, and, and you know 
that if I am saying something like this, that we've hit rock bottom. If <laughs> what, But why not? Why not? Instead of signing Jameis Winston to whatever deal, whatever he costs, here you go, Drew. Let's, let's go ahead and throw it all away because that's where we're at. Because I think the, the issue here, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this as well, the issue here with George Payton and the new coaches and all of the changes that are going on in the front office and whatnot – with the new ownership group potentially coming in and making huge changes, doesn't it feel like we're in a, a world where none of this really matters? If if I'm a new owner coming in and George Payton doesn't have a team put together that I think can win, don't I just go ahead and say we're gonna stra- we're gonna scratch all this and start all over? And so why not give Drew Locke the football as George Payton and say, you know what? Let's see what happens. And then I can say, we tried again with the kid that somebody else drafted. Now give me the money to go do what I need to do to build the team. It's a fair point. Cause like you could say instead of a bye week, it's a bye year until these owners come in. And by the time the owners do come in, it's going to be too late to you know, look at free agency and, and, and look at all that there sort of stuff. I mean, mentioned about Jameis Winston there. He had the most passing yards, what 2019 and like I'll not count last season. He's shown he can do it to an extent. I know he's got the interception issue. Did he not have a vision issue, lads? Where he's he's got a, he's got a sword. So somebody that wears contact lenses, you know, Ian's wearing glasses there. I and obviously Colin as well. And Adam, yeah. So we're we're all on the same page here. You know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. However, though, boys and Colin will agree with me. Me and Colin are, are waiting for that dry, cold, cloudy. October morning in London, where, where Jameis Winston is, is playing a is playing an zero six New York Jets team, or whoever they're going to play in London for for, for the Saints. So, uh, do you know what? Nothing would surprise me at this point. But I think you've got an issue there with with Drew Lock. I mean, even if he does leave us, where does he go? Like, where would he go? Seriously, I, I can't think of a team at the minute. Maybe that would. Uh, I'm not. I'm not starting to go into the whole Paxton Lynch CFL territory. I know. I know that's been and gone, but. Uh, I just I I don't think I can take the is it the swagger of Drew Locke anymore? You know, like we we he sort of had his moment. He had a chance last year, albeit if you look at Dick Fangio and how that played out. He's a twenty five year old man, so if he does get a chance, this is it. <laughs> but the question is, do you give him a season comment or Ian? Do you, do you give him a season? Do you give him a few games? If it is a situation, I personally think if we get a quarterback in, he needs to go. We need a different backup and you know a, a new backup. Somebody that hasn't been here and somebody that's actually played more than six full games in the NFL would be nice. I will say if you're going to run it back with anybody on this roster, you might as well just do it with Brett Rippon because he's at least proven that he can be an accurate quarterback in the National Football League, which is something Drew Locke hasn't shown since that four game fluke span his rookie year. He's then he's now had two years since then, and he hasn't been anything. He hasn't shown that he can do it. I guess you you can pick out a couple of highlights and say, hey, this is the greatest play that he's made as an NFL quarterback. And then you can have 10 others that say he shouldn't be an NFL quarterback. So I think it's time to rip the Band-Aid off, regardless of who it is. I don't think Drew Locke is going to be the quarterback next year because, I mean, you've had three years of this. At some point, you're going to say he either can or can't do it. And at some point, it's not the coaching, it's the player. We'll see what happens. I, I honestly don't know what they're going to do because I, I've, we've heard Mike Kliss, we've heard Benjamin Albright, we've heard all the other insiders say that Aaron Rodgers was plan A. And now that that's not going to happen, 
what do they do? And I think that's going to be an interesting, an interesting question and an interesting angle as the off season progresses. And I honestly don't know what they're going to do. And well, I, I think the whether... reason you don't know what they're going to do is because they don't know what they're going to do. And, exactly. and I actually think that Aaron Rodgers was playing A, B, C, and D, and they were really hoping to not have to keep going. And, and at this point that, and I, you mentioned it last year at the draft, there was that window of, I mean, I, I placed a bet on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl, cashed that out because that wasn't going to happen too. anymore. I, I mean, we were all in on that. We, we believed it was going to happen. Why else do you pass on Justin Fields? I think the window was longer than 50 minutes for a lot of us. We believed for a few days that, hey, this is still going to happen. We're just waiting on Aaron Rodgers to say, I don't want to play for Green Bay. And those are the words we're never going to hear. And he's... Not, he's not going to retire. He's not going to go into the Hall of Fame the same year. We've had this conversation, same year as Tom Brady and, and the other guy. And I, you know, I'm not going to say his name. And he's, <laughs> I think even Tom Brady's like, well, I don't want to go in the same year as the other guy either. Maybe I'll come back. You might see Tom Brady playing in San Francisco. Who knows? That's something that, that could happen. But the Broncos to me, and this is, this is another thing that I'm curious about. It's been Six full seasons since Peyton Manning retired and the Denver Broncos won a Super Bowl. Feels like 84. Feels like 84, exactly. If if they haven't figured it out by now, isn't it possible that the issue isn't the players? And I don't mean choosing players. You pick the wrong players. You've picked the wrong players. I mean, it's the people who have been putting this together, the people who have been making the decisions. Isn't it? At some point, it's their fault. It's they, they have culpability in this as well, which means that maybe maybe things get better after a new ownership group comes in and they turn things around, or there's always that or sitting there ready to smack you right in the face. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, if you look, I don't know if you, it was a couple of weeks ago and a chart kind of came out about the, the Super Bowl, teams that have been in the Super Bowl and about they ranked offense, defense, and the Broncos are an absolute unicorn in terms of that 2015 team. And, and even Wade was surprised about just how bad the offense was. But the Broncos have essentially been trying to replicate a unicorn for six years now. A lot of that is a lack of, of ownership. Um, that creates a huge issue in, in terms of like, can the trust really make a, a decision? Um, and that that just filters down when you don't have an owner and when you when it's the vacuum, but also coming off the back of Pat Bolin, who, you know, was such an incredible owner to go on the run that we did where, you know, there wasn't back to back losing seasons is is was just insane to have that from when he bought the team all the way through. So I think that is certainly part of it. But and you've seen it since. I mean, like. When, when we say that it, it won't be Drew Locke, this is a franchise that just a few years ago had Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon as the starting QB for not one, but two seasons. That is a dereliction of duty from the front office, okay? You had a quarterback competition, right, uh, for, between, between Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon. I'd honestly, that you know, when I stop to to think about that, and 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 people tell me that you know it, they they are they won't do this, they won't, they could, they could, they could do anything, and that's you know. So you, Adam, you're saying why not Drew Lock? Because you gave him the keys to the car in you know a couple of years ago, and 
he didn't take advantage of it. Like if you're if you're going to be a QB in this league, you don't you don't give it up. Um, the you know the, we were all told about uh, Scangarello that like oh you know if he had just stayed, he's gone from the 49ers, gone. He's gone. He's he's gone to Kentucky to be the OC there. And again, I I would go back. Yeah, I I was big. I was I was there for for Drew Locke's first game. I was super excited. But when you look at it in the cold light of day, the teams that he he beat. Yes, the game against the Texans. I think there was a lot of emotion in that because of Kareem Jackson going back there. But the teams that he played had zero pass rush. The one really tough game against the Chiefs was an abject disaster. Then he had the following season. It wasn't just his play. There were leadership. There was the issue around taking off the tracking devices and not, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, straight up with the NFL. Let's put it like that. Um, and as a result, that's a that's a leadership issue. And I think that's where Vic probably, you know, lost trust. I lost trust with Vic after his that away game in Minnesota in his first year at throwing away a twenty point lead. But probably even earlier when he questioned Vaughn when he walked in the door. Two-time Super Bowl winner, the man who the Los Angeles Rams would not have won a Super Bowl without Von Miller. But you know, Vic Fangio said he could do more. Yeah, well, who look, who who has the rings, Vic? Um, so I this is yeah. I I think there are all sorts of questions uh, around the franchise, around the ownership. Who who will the owner be? But. I, I equally don't, I don't think it, it can just be a throwaway season, given what the Broncos have done, given the fact that fans pay so much money, and given the fact that if it's another just kind of, ah, I can, we can we can do whatever, if George Payton is looking at, he'll be a third away through his tenure at the end of this, got a six-year deal. Um, you, you, you've had your gimme, right? We've heard it whenever there was a new head coach. Oh, it's, an, it's, a, it's a, a new start, a new GM, a new quarterback. Oh, you've got to give it time. We've heard this for six years. Outside of the Jets, who we know are a dysfunctional organization, we have the longest playoff drought in the NFL. The buck has to stop somewhere, and we have to start asking questions of the this franchise. You can still be a fan. You can still support the team. You can still want them to win. But ultimately, you have to be somewhat detached and say, this is not acceptable. And what is going going wrong? And we need to change the culture. And can can Peyton do that? Hopefully, but he's got to take um, control of it and take the reins and and start to make significant strides in year two. I think. And that brings up a question, Michael. And we talked about this before we started recording. And Colin is very passionate about this. I want to get your thoughts on it. We hear a lot from the Denver media and certain parts of the fan base that this team is a quarterback away. Is this team a quarterback away? <laughs> um, it depends who the quarterback is. I mean, you know, like I look, would Aaron Rodgers come into Denver and take this team to the playoffs in its current state? Yeah. Maybe the wildcard game at the minute because the division that they're in is, I mean, let's let's be clear. I don't want to go back on what Colm said or I am, but just to maybe try and merge what Colm said and your question. You know, if you look at the potential for the rest of the teams, the Chargers, Raiders, and and the Chiefs, you know, the Broncos have got a lot of things to go up against there, and they're going to be playing them twice this season. And I, I think we need to really have a an honest discussion about expectations this season, unless we bring in a Messiah quarterback. I um, I think there's a lot of things to sort of fall down there. Like, I mean, Melvin Gordon, there's talk today that he wants to come back. 
uh, or to try and bring him back. I think that's going to be an issue. But also, you know, we lost guys like Von Miller last year. Can we? I, I know we're prioritizing Josie Jewell. Will that happen? There's a lot of talk at the minute. Uh, in terms of key players and in terms of positions, I I don't think we are. I I think we're a defensive leader away personally. You know I know Justin Simmons is there and he, he does a great job both on and off the field. And I think there's many good things about this team, but I still think we're maybe one or two key players away. Like maybe I I literally can't see like I, I could maybe see someone like Aaron Rodgers. Come in, but we need to get a defensive leader. I'm not saying let's go get Aaron Donald tomorrow morning. You know, but let's let's try and get another leader because sure he's not you know, available. <laughs> he's not available. He, he, here, he, he might retire, but like, what's what's Von Miller's contract situation like in 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 LA? You know, he like why why doesn't Vaughn come back for for one last rodeo as he calls it? But just going back on what Colum said, talking about Trevor Simeon. You know, like we went into a game in September 2016 against the Carolina Panthers. Not just the states was watching; the whole world was watching. The Super Bowl champions coming in. Uh, and Trevor Simeon was 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 under center. I mean, it's been pretty much downhill since then. And like, there's been many great moments and many like yeah, and many oh my sweet Jesus moments. But it has been, and it's been a disappointing few years. Um, I would like to think it's got to the bottom point of where it has to go, and we can go up from here. Um, but I just I, I think our, our schedule this year is going to be intriguing to see the order of it. We got lucky last year with with those first three games, um, and I'm really talking everybody down here. I just I hope and I would agree with Colin saying about George Payton. He's two years in after this year, and no, I, I don't think we're a quarterback away. I think we're a few players away, and I think we need to be upgrading on all sides of the ball, and, and we need to have you know plans for situations where you know we 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 we've been unlucky with some injury positions, like for example wide receiver over the last couple of years. We we need to have more backup plans, but you're bringing a lot of guys in at once, right? This is not like the NBA, like the Heat, bringing in like all the lads, like five lads in to try and absolutely wreck this. It's not like Space Jam. It takes time. Like you can't just bring everybody in, create a culture. The, the players don't all come back to what, like May, June time? Is, is that the correct date or whatever? They're not in the building for a few months, right? I, I know they're going to have like OTAs and stuff, but let's be clear here. Like they're not going to gel in time with this coach and staff for, for, for a while. And um, I think the ownership situation is key. But if they start to blow it up again, look, lads, I, there's only so much my heart can take. But look, it's grand. It, it will get better eventually. I just would like us to get Aaron Rodgers so it could get, get better sooner. And the Rams have proven that this year. Cronky took the cash, took the checkbook out, and he bought whoever the hell he wanted. He could care less about the draft pick situation. He doesn't care. And quite frankly, he's sitting with a ring. He's sitting with the Lombardi Trophy in his office. And who's the world champion at the minute? He is. So, you know, and I was on a podcast last night and Jeff Reinbold, who is in the CFL, has worked in college football, worked with Emmanuel Sanders, for example. He said last night he thinks the Rams have completely changed the way the league has operated and will operate in the future. He thinks a lot of teams are going to go in, 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 in this year. Just spend, spend, spend. Draft picks the works and try and replicate what they've done. I think an NFC team could do that and get very close. AFC is a bit more difficult. And that's our problem as well. So I, I do have to, you get, you know, Colin mentioned the unicorn. I thought we were going to start talking about Scotland for a minute, but um, you know, just a just different accent, I suppose. The, the aspect of 
the the unicorn that you brought up. And I, I agree with you on that. And I, I mentioned it uh, last was it two weeks ago when Ian and I were recording uh, the, this idea that we're, we're chasing that same formula and have been chasing that same 2015 formula ever since it happened. And that's why I think John Elway felt comfortable as the decision maker in trotting out a Trevor Simeon. And I remember doing shows and talking about well, Trevor Simeon can be – if he can be this good, then this, te- this team with this defense can still carry the day. And it's interesting to note that we've been hanging our hat on that ever since it happened. And I don't want us to become the 85 Bears. And if you know anything about the 85 Bears, you know that they won a Super Bowl and then didn't do anything else after that. But the people in Chicago will tell you they're the greatest team that ever played football, period. And they've been saying it for – a long time. I, 85, 85 is almost 85 years ago at this point. It might as well be. And so it is frustrating to continue to watch the same formula put out and try and create that unicorn of, well, we did it once. We can do it again. The thing that people never talk about with the 85 Bears is that the 86 defense was better than the 85 defense. And the 86 Bears didn't win the Super Bowl. And all that proves to me is that you can't replicate it. The 2002 Ravens and the two or, and the 2000 and 2000 Ravens and the 2002 Bucks, I should say. Let me get my years right. They didn't repeat either and they didn't go back. You know what I'm saying? Like the great defenses that win Super Bowls are fantastic and the old saying of defense wins championships is wonderful. And also it's a a load of garbage. Not sexy garbage, but garbage. Because it wins championships sometimes, but you still have to score points. And the Broncos can't score points. And it's the quarterback situation, to me, that is the biggest issue. Now, I do think, I disagree, that we are, as a, as a fan base and as a team, the Broncos are a quarterback away. They're a quarterback away from competing. Not from winning, from competing. Because right now they're not competing. But if you did put Aaron Rodgers on this team, I think that they're a playoff contender that could go on a run. An accidental, oh, look, we made a run deep into the playoffs kind of thing because that's how good Aaron Rodgers is. Temper your expectations now. They still need to put a viable product on the field or the fans are going to revolt. And this is a fan base that has sold out Mile High Stadium for a 1,000 years. Everybody buys their tickets and shows up. Even if they don't show up, they still bought their tickets. That's going to change if they can't put a, a viable product on the field and that starts with the guy under center. Yes, they need an edge rusher. Yes, they need a linebacker. Yes, they need a, a, a running back situation. Yes, they need a right, right tackle. tackle. They they need they need things, but the thing that will make them valuable and viable is a quarterback. And I'm not saying it has to be Aaron Rodgers, but it's got to be somebody that can get the job done. And am I am I talking myself into Jimmy Garoppolo at this point? I feel like I'm not trying to, but I might be by accident. Hashtag sexy garbage. <laughs> There was no question there. Just a, just a rant. Just ranting. Colm, how do you feel about Jimmy G? I have no faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has been carried um, in the Patriots by an organization that 
altered the way in which we all look at football, right? Because there's the expectation now that you're going to go to a Super Bowl or almost compete for a Super Bowl every year because of what Brady and, and the Patriots did, even though they had big gaps at, at times as well. Um, you know, say following mm, Spygate and uh, took them a long time to bounce back from that. But they did change the, the perception. But equally in, uh, I you know, he has Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan's system and I'm very interested to see what McDaniels can do in Miami. I think that's one of the most intriguing hires to see kind of what he will uh, do when as head coach there. But we know Kyle Shanahan can scheme and look at the, the way in which like it's for the, the 49ers, they can put like, a, you know, a, a high a high school, you know, 800 meter hurdler at running back. And the, the guy ends up having 150 yards. Um, he turned Debo Samuel into one of the best weapons in the league. I think you you win you can you can win with 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 Jimmy G if you put everything else around it. But when the the game is at most on the line, it becomes a huge issue. He overthrew Emmanuel. He the game was the game was there for him and he couldn't get it done and that's the Super Bowl. But in the rest of it, like look at the the Green Bay game and and the way in which they had to to win that and they should have gone and and beaten the Rams. I felt in the um conference championship game, Jimmy didn't get it done. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. I don't think it's worth it for between his injuries and between what he he brings you and what he cost. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I I agree. I'm just trying to, and I guess the question is, and this is this is where Broncos country is right now. The question is, can we, uh, can can we envision a future where they they do something that may not necessarily be, um, winning, the Super Bowl, but creating a situation where a mediocre quarterback, not a bottom of the barrel Trevor Simeon, but a mediocre quarterback, can come in and actually make things happen I just want this team to go to Arrowhead and at least be sitting with two minutes to go with maybe three points down and a chance and they've played well you know like I talked there a bit about the other teams in the division the Chiefs are good I said this to Colin if we the Chiefs have got 35 million problems with Patrick Mahomes this season like this is the moment somebody like there's no reason why another team can't win the West next year and that's all I want to see at the minute is our team getting to the end of the season and having a chance going into those matchups at the end of the season a chance of winning the west it is arguably in my opinion it's probably if not the best division of football it's up there right it's 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 great and the, the potential for this division is unreal going into the season but i i want us to challenge the chiefs um i personally still think i know they got hot in the second half of the season the way the chiefs started the season last year was you know Look, look, and I, I can say this now because they didn't win it. Yeah, they completely mm, the bed against the Bengals. Big, big style lads. I, and of course, Mahomes got hot in the second half of the season. But there's going to be issues there. The Chiefs are going to you know, eventually a big injury is coming for that team. Uh, Justin Herbert, he could be a bit like Marmite, as we say over here, Colin. Maybe Marmite in the south. No, but you know, if he is he bad, then the Raiders are the Raiders. So the Broncos have to. Instead of this, like I mean, of course we can talk about this whole quarterback away situation. We're trying to get to the Super Bowl. We we need to properly compete for the West over over seventeen games. That's, I think that's what I want this season. If you were to give me, you know, 
I don't want to say win in the West and go one and done, but like maybe just challenging and and showing that that will, that desire, because I think it'll be very tight this year. But that's what I want, because that's my minimum expectation. Let's try and challenge for the West properly. I I don't know if if Justin Herbert is marmite though. I I think anyone who thinks Herbert is anything other than oh, he is. Like, you've seen the charges this year. I mean, how the charges didn't get to the playoffs, boys, is nuts. And Herbert, look, Herbert's unreal. He's because their their D their D line was like just a turnstiles, like basically the D line version of Menelik Watson. Uh, we just <laughs> we could just anyone could got like you had anyone and they got a hundred yards against the the Chargers and you just played keep away and you didn't allow Herbert to to get the ball and that's what Staley has to sort that that would be an interesting test for him whether he can really get that one sort where again we're told he's a uh, defensive mastermind well he's got to make adjustments he couldn't make them last year potentially because of personnel but they have got to sort that out I think the line you were looking for is not sexy garbage but hot garbage I think that would describe <laughs> the Chargers defense <laughs> Uh, against against the run, absolutely. But they and they have a, a Mike Williams question about uh, what they do there because I think that's a, an interesting one. I I wouldn't be giving them a big deal if I was uh, the uh, the Chargers. But um, yeah, that that's that's what makes look. That's what makes this league so fascinating is the fact that you know teams. It is so difficult to repeat, or the fact that an Aaron Rodgers in the in the Packers has a ring. Has has one single solitary ring. Eli Manning with the Giants has more rings. That was, uh, you know, I, that's what we Nick love Foles about has as many game. rings as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's grand. Yes. So, so does Trent see. Dilfer. So there's there's that as well. <laughs> and that brings up another key question, and I'll throw it to Column. Where do the Broncos go from here? If obviously they'll try to find a quarterback, but what do they need to do to at least become competitive like Colin wants or like Michael wants, sorry, and at least compete at Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs, at least be in contention, to at least bring some excitement. What can they do? Where do they go from here? It's a bit like uh, what I said earlier. Uh, I wouldn't start from here. But I think, look, I think what it is, is it's not even about being competitive in in a game against the, the Chiefs. It's about being competitive over the, the course of the season and being consistent. And I think what I when you look at it in terms of, to me, I suppose it, it's about making a, making a plan. Um, and, you know, whilst... <laughs> They, will, they need to put certain things in place this year. Uh, and I don't think it could be a complete write-off, but I, I, not having huge expectations of this year either. But what I would like to, to see is that, and it's it's not the, the Josh Allen path, but it's the Josh Allen type plan, right? So what the Bills did was they knew who they wanted at QB. They made a plan and they went up and they got him and they've been built around him. And the Ravens did the same with Lamar and the Chiefs did the same with Patrick Mahomes, even though the Chiefs were getting, you know, haven't had a losing season under Andy Reid. They were they were fine on under Alex Smith, but they weren't OK with fine. So they went out, they made a plan, they went up and got Patrick Mahomes. That's what I would like to, to see us do. And if we're not going to do it this year then I would like to, we have to to do it the following year, I think. So if that's acquired draft capital, so you go up and you do it, um, but figure out 
what your your plan is going to be uh, in terms of how how you intend to play so the ravens built entirely around lamar's skill set the bills did the same for for josh allen that's what i think we need to do we need to decide how we're going to play this game go and get a qb and then put the the weapons in but instead what we have done is we have spent the past couple of years talking about the wide receivers and the tight ends and the weapons but not having uh, a quarterback your quarterback will make the weapons right how much money did peyton manning make for others how much money did peyton manning make for eric decker eric decker i'm sure thanks his lucky stars that peyton manning exists every day of the week because he made him uh, a whole lot a lot of money julius Th- thomas equally so your quarterback will make those around them better okay uh so that's what i i think that they forget about the pieces around the qb the qb is the most important but the draft is coming up in you know and hackett is just in in the building it's going to be difficult but hackett and peyton have to get on the same page and make a plan um picture boys if you will it's uh, friday the 20th of october ian sitting in dia he's got his nightcap on Adams in O'Hare and before you know it you're in London town and you're going up to watch the Jaguars the Jaguars not the Jaguars call them the Jaguars play the Broncos at, at Wembley Stadium now two days ago I wouldn't have said that would happen but the Jaguars aren't part of this marketing agreement so it's not it, so basically I, I know nobody cares about this in the states but it has to be AFC NFC but it doesn't have to be for the Jaguars so there's a chance the Broncos could play them uh, in London, but um, I've heard nothing. I keep annoying my Cliz on DMs, asking him like once a week. So if I hear anything, I'll let you know. He does respond, to be fair to Mike, uh, so I will let you know. In all seriousness, like lads, if that happens, everyone has to get over here. But um, the quarterback situation, as I said, it starts intriguing. Like, I don't really want us to, to draft anybody. I think we have to go out and get somebody that is either a proven winner or somebody that's, you know, got potential. And I don't want to draft anybody. Um, Looking at the pass rush, you know, we trade away Von Miller. Vaughn wins a ring, and we haven't really had like I mean, Colin mentioned the two rings there. Congratulations to Vaughn. I'm I'm absolutely delighted for him. You know, we've got the ninth pick, right? I would love us to see uh, David Ojabo come in in the top ten. He's from Scotland, technically, so uh, you know he's from Scotland. Unicorn. He, um, unicorn. He was at the Michigan Wolverines who apparently it's great to be one of them going by their song and i would i would it would be great to see the broncos of him um or you know like isn't like ian hutchinson drafted like projected to go maybe top two or three isn't he yeah so one or two so it's not going to be likely for him to come in and um, got to improve on the run defense uh we really need to upgrade Dramon jones and i'm really sorry for saying this we need to upgrade shelby harris we do like I, I think we need to upgrade or bring in help at least to try and upgrade it. I think we, we need that help to get over the line. But going back to what Colin said, it's the most intriguing pick is going to be quarterback. Um, I would agree with Adam what you said there. I don't think they have a clue what they're at. And that worries me a wee bit. That, that does worry me uh, because we sat for seven and a half minutes last year with Justin Fields sitting, waiting for his phone to go off. And you know, I, I really hope we don't look back at that in time. And Well, look, he's in Chicago, so we probably won't. But I really hope we don't look back at that in time with uh, regret. He did end up I, in a I, rough I spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, that's you know it's interesting that the take on uh, on Shelby Harris I think is is interesting there, and just because he's he's such a fan favorite, right? As as a player, he's he's great on social media. He's a fun guy to watch play. His hands are always up. He's batting passes down. He's made uh, some of the best plays in recent memory. Uh, interception of, of that other guy in Pittsburgh to pretty much seal a game and, and win it for the Broncos uh, a couple seasons ago. And so. Just it, some help. Just some just, help. Just, just some help. help. Yeah. yeah. And it that's is. That, that's it, all. It's tough. And, and, you know, it's interesting. You guys, and, and I think this is a good place for us to jump into it. You guys spent a little bit of time in Los Angeles recently. And you got to watch two teams that have um, ha- have have had a chance to and made it made everything work for them to get to a Super Bowl, uh, but they did it in very different ways, right? When you look at what the Bengals did and you look at what the Rams did, and we we talked about the Rams earlier, the All In, right? And I just I always think of the tweet with Teddy KGB going All In and them not really realizing Teddy loses. Uh, so maybe they shouldn't have tweeted that, but it's fine. Whatever. It worked out for them in the end. But then you have what the Bengals did, and they drafted a kid. And obviously, first pick in the draft, you take the best quarterback available, obviously. And Joe Burrow has turned into uh, what we all hoped Drew Locke was going to be. I think that there's there's some comparison there in what we hoped he would be. And they even ignored their need on the offensive line and went and got him another weapon, and they turned that into a trip to the Super Bowl. So two different styles and you guys spent time at the Super Bowl watching those two different styles is is it possible that the Broncos can replicate one of those two and if there is one that they would replicate uh Colin I'll ask you is is which one is easier to replicate um I, I think they're they're very difficult too I think the rat like what I would say is when you look at it the the Rams have Sean McVay as a head coach as well. Uh, another guy who, you know, hasn't had a losing season uh, as uh, as head coach. And we I talked about it um, before we started recording. Like, it wasn't people say they just brought in Stafford, but they didn't just bring in Stafford. This is a team that already been to Super Bowl with Jared Goff. This was a team that last year, if Aaron Donald hadn't been injured, um, they they may have beaten Green Bay last year. So then they went and they, they got Stafford. They already had Aaron Donald. But they add to it by bringing in Vaughn Miller, who and, and we saw playoff Vaughn, and you saw Vaughn with the ability to have Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. And they brought in Odell Beckham. I mean, this is a guy who in many teams would be WR1, but because of Cooper Cup, it was WR2. So I think it is, it's it when you look at it, look look at the piece, it wasn't just Stafford, it was Cooper Cup had a season for the ages, right? We're we're talking about him having a kind of a, a megatron type season. And the that that I think is, is something that it all came together. And yet, and yet they they just won the, the Super Bowl because if Joe Burrow had had more time. We, we saw it. Chase had Ramsey on the ground. If he had been able to make that pass, the Bengals could be Super Bowl champions and we could be talking about that. Remember also that Joe Burrow was only playing in his 30th game in the league. So people say, oh, the transition, the transition. Justin Herbert has never played a preseason game. Hasn't played preseason at all in either of his two years. Doesn't seem to have hurt him. Joe Burrow were taking 
told takes time to come back from a major ACL injury. Well, he he took to to it pretty solidly in that second season. So I think again it highlights the insanity that there is in the league, and I get it the the, the absolute microscope on everything that happens, right? So we were told that Ch- Chase couldn't catch the football. Remember, remember that the the college ball was so different that uh, that's why he's he's having the drop season preseason. Well, the regular season started and. You know, so people get so caught up, I think, in the minutia of it and recency bias. Uh, look, when but, but Burrow is exceptional. He is an absolutely exceptional QB. And what he does so well, I think, is when, and having been up close and personal and had the opportunity to talk to him and ask questions, he is, he's the same guy. Like, Whatever, whether he's up by 20 points or down by 20 points, whether he's standing in front of microphones or just hanging out with friends, he, uh, he, and like this guy, again, second year in the league, and the respect and adulation that his teammates have for him is incredible. And that, that I, I think tells uh, its, its own story. But, you know, the, the, I, it's not just talent, right? Talent is one part of being a great player, but it's the the desire to to want to do it and to get up every day and to do it consistently, uh, and also the the mental side of things. I think that's that's part of it. So we see these guys in college, and you see the physical attributes, but then you get into the the league, and you know suddenly you you you've made your money, right? So can you continue to and you in college you've probably gone through high school being the best player right on the the field and you've gone through college being potentially the best player or the best player in your position on the field and suddenly you get in and everyone's roughly around the same age as you at underage right high school and college everyone's roughly the same age suddenly you come into that locker room and you're might be the youngest guy in there and you're dealing with guys who you know have teenage kids some of them might have kids your age and you've got to try to lead them and we don't always kind of understand how difficult a process that can be uh, and all, everything that goes on outside of it so i i think they're both very difficult to replicate i think you, what you have to do adam is you need to find your own path and i when you you mentioned unicorn a couple of times i think that's telling i think what the bears the Bears are obsessed, right? And we talked about this with the 85 defense and they're obsessed with kind of replicating that. I think if as a franchise, you get so into the mindset of this is what we do, that you can get lost because the game has consistently changed and evolved and developed. And I think that is an issue for the Broncos because of the orange crush and because of the success that we've had on defense, you, we can't just focus on that. Look at the way that which the game, look at the number of points that are scored. Look at the way in which the league has made it almost impossible, no matter how good you are to be a truly shut down corner now, right? Because we know Ramsey is really good, but the way in which the, the league has made it, Ramsey can get burned. And then of course that goes under a microscope and Chandler Ramsey is just a phenomenal corner. So he gets burned a couple of times. That's going to happen to everyone. I can tell you, Pat Sertain is an unbelievable cornerback. He is going to get burned at times, um, whether it's next season, the season after, it will happen. So I don't think it's easy. I think you have to find your your own uh, way of doing it. But I think the biggest thing is you cannot be afraid of failure. Uh, 
because when the the Rams went, they went all in, they took the chance. But the same with the Bengals. The Bengals signed in Trey Hendrickson, right? They signed a guy who was coming off a career year. It's very easy. Suddenly you get the money. But he went and he bettered his career year. And the same in what they did in taking Chase rather than the Sewell. They weren't afraid. And I think that is the biggest factor in any approach. You cannot be guided by fear. You have to take risks. You have to be willing to do that. And even if you get it wrong, you have to be willing to to go out and do it again. The same way that, again, the the Rams were prepared to to trade away Goff, who, you know, was their their number one overall. You have to take risks in this NFL. Michael, what was it like for you guys? To cover the Super Bowl, because I'm that, glad you asked me that because Colin literally has, has covered every point. There. I was going to say that would have what a thorough answer. I felt like I asked that and, question a while ago, and it was like I was I was learning so much. <laughs> I enjoyed that. But what was and, it like? I mean, just to be out there to to interview the players, to be a part of the Super Bowl is an amazing accomplishment for you guys and it and it speaks to what you guys are building and what you're doing it thank you and yeah it was just the experience was just unbelievable like column got out there earlier on the tuesday of that week and i think the bengals arrived column was the wednesday or so and obviously the rams were were in town uh, there was so much stuff that week, it was just mental. Um, I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, to go to the interviews for the players out in USC, I think, Colin, wasn't it? And some sort of places. And I didn't get a chance, but just from seeing the content and just the engagement from people just around Ireland and Europe was, was unbelievable. Um, but that flight over to LA was good fun. <laughs> it was it was a bit crazy. But the, the experience was was unreal. We, we, we were lucky to do like a show in SoFi, on, or outside SoFi on the Saturday. And then it didn't... like. I had people that sort of said to me, like, wait until the teams come out and it'll it'll hit you. Like, it it didn't hit me until the anthems came on. And I was like this, like, I, like me, I, I was in the press section. The column was, like, just under us. So I wasn't with column at the time. I don't even, I don't even, like, I literally cried when the anthems came on. I was like, this is nuts. And then the rock came out and then I got even more excited. And I had to try and keep my composure. And it was, it was a bit mental. But if, yeah, like, it, it was just, an, it was an incredible experience. And, um, just even to give a shout out to people, I know, Colm, you, you, you met a few people in the, in the Denver media throughout the week. I had a chance to say to Lindsay Jones for the first time. People that literally stopped and spoke to you for maybe five, ten minutes, and it shows you how genuine people really are in the league. And um, it was just, it was an experience to to remember for you know a very, very long time. I, I would love to hopefully get over to um, not just Arizona next year, but to hopefully to to Munich for the for the Bucks against the Chiefs, hopefully and. Hopefully for a Broncos game again. I haven't I haven't seen the Broncos in a couple of years because of COVID, but just an incredible experience. And to anyone that sort of maybe wonders, especially if you're not in America, like it's it's worth it's worth every penny. It's it's crazy. And I will say, because I do want to say this, the Bengals fans were brilliant. They were fantastic. They lit up that city that week. They really enjoyed themselves. And anybody I spoke to. Yes, they were gutted after the game, but they just were happy to be there, happy for the experience, and they were brilliant. Um, I do think if you ran the simulator a hundred times, you know, like the Bengals, lads, the Bengals went and beat Tennessee and then went and beat Kansas City. Like, that is... And then after that, that like we're almost forgetting about that Chiefs-Bills game. So for the Bengals to do that, I think there's many things that you can take 
the Broncos can take from it. Like I'll I'll shoot you the question. Matthew Stafford. Would Matthew Stafford have worked in Denver? I don't know. But it's it's like every domino's fell for him and, and congrats to him. That's a that's a that, legit question. I I almost don't even want to think about it because Stafford was was on the radar. I don't know that he ever wanted to come to Denver, but he was on the radar of, of the Broncos organization. And uh, so would he have made a difference? I, I I don't know. I think that there was so much in the way of issues with the coaching staff, Pat Shermer in particular, uh, that I'm not sure even Matthew Stafford could have overcome that. I think it goes to show two things, how great Matthew Stafford is that he was able to switch teams and win a Super Bowl. And just how awful the Lions have been for decades. At least, at least as as football fans, we're not Lions fans, right? We we can we can hang our hats on on that one. I wanted to ask because Ian asked about the experience, and you talk about the game and the players and and the fans. How was the halftime show? Because from where I was sitting, it was the greatest concert I've ever been to, and I was at someone else's house. <laughs> oh, Colin, go, go go you first. Unreal. Oh, absolutely incredible the the halftime show it, it was so fitting for for california and the place just went crazy i mean the as michael has kind of said that i'm sure it came came across on tv it felt like a bengal's home game for large parts of, of the game yeah. um it really did but at, at halftime the place the entire place went uh went bananas and it was it was just it was fantastic and i suppose look the the super bowl is probably aimed at people you know the ha- halftime show can very often be aimed at people maybe 35 plus um so you know the, this was guys that i would have grown up listening to you know uh throughout um you know uh, our equivalent high school and college so to have the opportunity to to see them live uh, as part of the super bowl was was wonderful and uh the, the rock introducing it as well it was cheesy it was corny it was perfect it was exactly what you wanted. And in fairness to, to SoFi, it is a magnificent stadium. And kudos the, to, to definitely what I, what I would say is everyone involved in putting the Super Bowl together from the getting in there was super smooth. Everything went really well. And they did a fantastic um you know piece the the way in which they they built it but uh i think Cronke has a job to do to sell the rams to the local market now they have a super bowl that will certainly help um but um they they definitely need to uh to build up that fan base because uh, behind the camera behind the camera on, on on just on our side in the stadium i would safely say 80 percent were Bengals fans that whole side of the stadium on the other side so like on like after the camera could view 60% Bengals, so once the Rams had won, it was very clear that there was a massive gap. And that, that's, that's that's fair enough, the Rams are clearly trying to grow there. Uh, I'll very quickly get this in. We're in Santa Monica the Saturday night, and Colm, you were with me, walking down the boulevard or whatever. Big Rams still get night before the Super Bowl, gotta love it. There wasn't that many people there, let's be honest. But halfway down the street, there was a Charger still <laughs> Like, you name it, they had jerseys out they had i was like they're not playing in september what's going on here like it was just surreal and i think that merely i i think there's a panic i i really do think there's a panic to try and get fans in because 
you know, like the Rams could maybe try and defy logic by competing like with because they've got the players, they've got the team for the next three or four years. But when it will, like, you know, every team has a few bad years. So when it does get bad, will the Rams go in? Like, I mean, geez, it took us, like, maybe walking from Union Station to, to Mile High Stadium, it took you that long to walk around that stadium. Like, I had 30 or 40,000 steps on my phone by the end of the day. I don't know about you, Colin, but uh, yeah unreal experience and i would say anybody in the states go to the chargers game uh, broncos game next year in, in la it's it's great fun you're guaranteed a home game because the fans will be there and enjoy it <laughs> to answer your question michael i do think that the broncos would have been a playoff team with matt stafford i i think that they would have at least been in contention with the raiders because I think the Broncos were in contention with the Raiders with Teddy Bridgewater. So if you put a quarterback like Matt Stafford onto this roster, I think it goes back to the conversation that we've been having at the beginning of the show is the, is the, are the Broncos a quarterback away? I think it depends on the quarterback. I think if you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, if you have a quarterback like Matt Stafford, if it's a quarterback like Jameis Winston, it'll be great fun but you have no idea what the hell you're going to get when he's playing and leading the offense. So I, I guess I'll, I'll ask it and I'll, I'll, we can wrap up the show with this. What is it that we see from the Broncos in 2022? <laughs> he's pointing at um, Michael's like, you, you do I, it. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to have, higher expectations and I, I think that the social media age has kind of led to this m like massive polarization on, on everything right this need to either anoint George Payton as the greatest GM that's ever existed in every move he has made um, you know he got he got praised last year for signing John Brown off the street essentially right who <laughs> was released whatever three weeks later so I think you know like Take take a breath and and see. Are is there progress? We have to see some some progress, and that that's what I would like to see. Um, you know, not every move is going to be fantastic. Not every move is going to be the absolute worst thing that's ever happened either. Um, you know, the outside of the the seventy two Dolphins, nobody's done the the perfect season. Um, thank you, Eli Manning, and the so so that's you know not what you're going to see but what you want to see is a team that scores points a team again i'll go back to it um and it's probably a mantra for me a team that plays without fear uh i don't know if either of you um I, and michael i'll include you have read uh, the book the lord of the flies and there's a quote in it where uh, what's the dirtiest word in the world and there's four dots um but the answer is fear and I think that is the case in the NFL. I think this is a franchise, unfortunately, that has played scared over the, the past few years um, since Peyton left the building and since DeMarcus, who should have been in the Hall of Fame. That's one of the disappointments. He he should, should have been there since DeMarcus le left and, and the keep. Uh, so I would like to see the Broncos play without fear. That is would be what I would like to see. And, and if that happens, then we are going in the right direction. And I think that's where you're talking about us taking steps to follow the Rams, to follow the Bengals, to follow the, the Chiefs uh, and, and the Bills. If we can see a team that goes onto the field and doesn't play scared. 
Michael, do you have a literary I, reference for us as well, or a dystopian society novel, or? I mean, the minute I heard Lord of the Flies, I thought, like, how, how am I going to batter this? Like, seriously. <laughs> uh, can I just, can I, can I just firstly thank you, just you lads and obviously Malhai Report for, for the opportunity, not just to come on this here, but to also, you know, do a, a weekly or, I don't know, bi-weekly podcast at the minute, but we're, 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 we're going to try and do it weekly from now on. Um, just for, like, everyone, it's, it's amazing and we really, really appreciate it. Um, I'm very open-minded. I mean, this is a, this is a Colorado sports market. We've got the Broncos, we've got the Nuggets, we've got the Rockies, we've got the Rapids, who done okay last year, and we've got the Avalanche. I don't want to forget about the Avalanche. You're doing great. We'll see what happens this year at some point. Ian, I'm, I'm saying that because Ian's wearing the the, the abs hoodie on on this podcast. But in, I, I'm open minded. Like I look at, as I said earlier on, the way this division is and the foundations that have been laid in place in other teams. Like we know. Like we can sit here now and say who the quarterback is for, for the other three teams. We can't. Like I, I think Derek Carr will be there next year. Justin Herbert, his potential is unbelievable, and of course that guy called Patrick. We all know who he is, right? But not even from that. Then looking at guys like you know the Bills, the Titans. Like for them, for their fan base and for their management, their minimum expectation this year is to win the AFC or to get to the championship game at at least. And for Mike Vrabel. You know, you look you look at the talent and you look at the window that you have for these guys, they will want to do that. And then you go down the level and you're looking at the Chargers, the Raiders. I don't want to say the Bengals because the Bengals were five and a half, six minutes away from winning the Super Bowl a few weeks ago. But the Bengals done incredibly well to win those two games, get to the Super Bowl, and they were, I, I, I would struggle to see the Bengals maybe getting back so quickly again. They've got the talent there. They can maybe try and invest in that. Maybe they, maybe they go all in and think, do you know what, YOLO, the Browns, the Steelers won't mess around. The Steelers are going to quarter because they're as like them because they're historic well-respected organization and they, any organization like that should go get a quarterback and fans will know what's going to happen to Sean Watson. Uh, like, I mean, there's so many different factors here. I think we, we need to be realistic and regardless who, who comes in a quarterback, whether that's a rookie, whether that's a seasoned veteran, whether that's a, a, a world beater in our Rogers, Russell Wilson or whoever has you know, a anybody we need to get behind. It. And I'm going to be very open-minded with the season. Um, if you give me a London game, a top two finish in the AFC West and, and a wild card berth, I'll take it and run, but I'm sounding like the Michael from the last two or three years here. I, I'm open-minded. I want to see progress, but as what Colin said as well, I want to see us scoring points. I want to see us score 25-30 a game. I don't want to see us struggling. And, and Do you know what, boys? As much as running the ball can be effective sometimes, I want to see a quarterback go down. You know you're watching the game. You're going, I'm watching the Broncos. I have faith that we're going to go on this field now and score. That's literally a score touchdown. Pass the ball, whatever. I just want to see improvements. Um, I don't think we'll win the Super Bowl. I don't think we'll win the AFC Challenge. I, I just want to see this challenge and and make those steps to then look at teams like the Bengals, who two years ago were nowhere, and they've proven now it can be done. In the same way the Jaguars were sixteen minutes from the Super Bowl, and now they're playing in London again this 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 autumn. So it can be done. It can be done the other way as well. But uh, progress is all I want. Progress, I really progress, progress is all we want. <laughs> uh, Michael, Column, you guys have built something that's incredible. Ian mentioned it with the uh, Irish NFL show. It is, I, I mean, unbelievable what you guys have accomplished. And, and I am, I, we've talked about it in the past, truly in awe of what you guys have been able to do. 
uh, we're honored to have you guys on. It brings a little culture, uh, which is always nice for uh, for us to have. Uh, I mean, Colin bringing the literary references is fantastic. I, I love that. But uh, yeah, I mean, we usually just bring stupid pop uh, pop culture references. Pop culture so references and sound then way smarter. Generally, a, a reference to the old man who you know I got to sneak the old man reference in there. That's my dad. He listens. He'll call me and tell me how great the podcast was later. Um, <laughs> that's usually how it works. We- we don't bring any H's and TH words, though. That's, that's you know one what? thing that we don't Totally bring. fine. We've got that covered. Free trees. We've got that covered, so we can do that. <laughs> but thank you guys for joining us. We definitely appreciate it, and uh, uh, it's been fun, fun chatting with you guys about this. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, uh, Ian and Adam. Always uh, a pleasure chatting to you guys, and hopefully it won't be too long until uh, we're chatting again. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.